Welcome everyone to the State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis and today I am joined by our podcast mom Sharon and a guest that you guys saw in our live show during yesterday's game. For Parisi, Jared, who's actually back in town for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, let's go ahead and go first with Jared since he's our special guest tonight. Uh, how's it going, Jared? Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the kind of uh, day you wanted yesterday, but we're really glad you're, you're back home for, for the three-day weekend. Well, the scoreboard uh, was probably the only downer yesterday. I was just happy to be back home in Sacramento, if only for the weekend, to visit uh, the TBB family and also to meet, to meet you guys uh, finally in person. So overall, it was still a great night. I just wish it uh, translated on the scoreboard. Yeah, that, that, that is true. And, and yeah, we do have a lot to talk about uh, tonight on regarding that. But let's go to you, Podcast Mom. Uh, how's it going, you know, day after this unfortunate loss? But hey, we got a three-day weekend at least, right? <laughs> You know, it was interesting. Um, I, I've been kind of gritchy all day, which is a combination of grumpy and bitchy. Um, and I think it was because the results weren't that what we wanted last night. But the things that really made a difference was being able to see Jared and, you know, give people hugs. And it's like, I don't even know that he really recognized me. It's just that one of those things where it's like, you know, that this person is that person. And the next thing you know, you're hugging. And, and then the same thing with Heather Sims, I had promised her a big old hug and, and, you know, it's like, you don't realize that that's exactly the person, but it's like, you're drawn together and you get a chance to hug the people that matter, you know, from being fans for so long and knowing each other through fandom. And that was for me yesterday. Those were some of the high points, you know, and I, I took a, a somebody who was kind of new, um, a young friend of mine took him to the game and he said he had a fun time. He said it was really fun. So, you know, having to look at that through other people's eyes was just helpful that and the hugs and seeing people. And, you know, that was, that made it, that made the loss a little easier to bear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the things that happen outside the stadium. And I mean, you can't always win it, right? And we we knew uh, coming into this one that it was going to be a complicated matchup. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where if you lose against a team that was actually really competitive, then you're like, I mean, it could have happened, right? It wasn't like a loss that uh, we weren't like expecting, right? Like it could have happened. So you know, on the bright side, right? It's like, okay, at least we didn't lose against Vegas because <laughs> that, that would be a whole nother story there. Uh, but uh, great. Well, I do want to say though, thank you to everyone who listens to our show. Also, thank you to everyone who let us know yesterday that they've listened. Really cool when you actually hear it from uh, people and even better when you actually hear it in person. It, it, it's just really cool. And, and it's something else to hear that. So we really appreciate you all taking the time out of your day to listen to all these things we have to say and, and to our thoughts here on uh, each game that we play uh, each week. I agree with you, Luis. I really appreciate people who do listen in and, and if they get a chance to chuckle at some of the, our observations, more power to them. And I'm certain after Jared has a few things to say, there'll be some, some good chuckles, Luis. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward because we saw Jared, as you all saw before the game, uh, we didn't get the chance to see him uh, later on after the game. So I, I'm pretty sure he has a lot based on what I saw on, on social media, right? You had some comments going on and, and it's great. Right? We want to we wanna get a good chuckle on a day after a loss, right? At least get some positive uh, thoughts going on. <laughs> I uh, wish we could have verbal memes because I can't wait for Jared to come up with the memes uh, that he does. He's so creative. And so if there's a way, Jared, you can, you can create a verbal meme for the podcast since, you know, we're not, maybe, maybe there's a meme that can be created when we post <laughs> this podcast, but Jared is the king of memes. <laughs> uh, I do what I can. And um, maybe uh, after dinner tonight, I'm actually visiting with a friend. We're going to get out some uh, Korean barbecue. Maybe after some of that, some of the creative juices will start flowing again. Ooh. There you go. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, if we, if we do something that would be audio only based, you'd have to describe the meme, right? You're like, okay, <laughs> you have here on the picture a person. <laughs> this is what they're saying. Uh, that would be funny, yeah. Uh, if if you did that, or on a live stream, if you want to just do it on video, and <laughs> that, that would be uh, something else too. 
Um, cool. My, wait, my favorite part, though, before we go on, I know we're <laughs> going to talk about the pregame and a little bit beforehand, but did everybody love the fact that the announcer, I don't know if it was Connor, explained the rules of handball to Phoenix? <laughs> I did catch that. That that was awesome. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That, oh <laughs> man, that when I heard that, it was like I was laughing my butt off because that was like that was the best. And it was specifically it was to um it was to um Asante. <laughs> it was just like, oh dear, that was great. I loved it. Yeah, no, I I got the chance to to hear it. I think I was walking to to my seat and uh yeah, shout out to Connor for <laughs> throwing in uh, all those uh, mentions and whatnot. And uh, as I was saying right yesterday to you guys during the game, it's one of those things where we're never going to forget what he did, right? It's always going to be in that anecdote. Like, yeah, we got kicked out of the playoffs because of a handball. And it was a really, like, pretty obvious handball. <laughs> yeah. Had there been bar, that would have been a straight up red card. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was right. something else. Yep. Well, well, yeah, once we're, we're in the topic of that in terms of just pregame, uh, I also want to say that for all those of you who, who just watched on TV, this isn't something that you typically see on TV, but uh, right before the game started, they actually put a video of Coach Briggs motivating the people, right, to like, you know, just make sure they were extra loud, that they would support the team right throughout the whole game. And I think seeing little things like that, uh, that the team does and and not just the team right but coach actually has to want to do that because in the past you know we, we haven't always had coaches that are maybe willing to do things like that um, it's just really amazing uh, all the things that the coach does and, and to do a little detail like that where you're trying to pump people up before the game and and really want everyone to you know support the team and and whatnot is is really great and we already saw it uh on Twitter, right? And and Jared knows here too, right? Like he helped him actually be able to be at the stadium yesterday. And if it weren't for coach, maybe Jared isn't at the stadium yesterday. So tell us about that, Jared. Know. Yeah, uh, there was a tweet uh, earlier on in May that, uh, you know, the coach was uh, get, getting everybody, you know, pumped and ready for a match to come, to come through. I had uh, responded that I had my fingers crossed that, uh, tickets would be open to the public uh, in time because I had just found insanely cheap fares from Phoenix to Sacramento on uh, American, which lately they have been excellent with, even cheaper than Southwest. And then sometime later, out of the blue, he, he responds that, that uh, you know, he's got me taken care of and to DM, uh, DM him uh, the week of the match. I mean, I, I, I think my job was about maybe – 10 or 20 feet below uh, sea level when I had seen that, uh, that tweet. So he made sure that, uh, that I had a ticket, you know, if it, and it was with the uh, TBB of course, which, you know, I'm do do paying member of, and, you know, I, I just love you know, being at the matches with them either road, uh, at uh, home or on the road. And, you know, re- really he just helped make the match uh, all that better. I mean, scoreboard aside, I mean, we got to do what we can to, to keep him in, in old glory red. I mean, that's, that's all I got to say. Yeah. It's, it was cool, Jared. Thanks for sharing that story with us to have the the coach actually, you know, pay attention to social media and different things going on and then to step up and make sure that you were in attendance because he knew that you wanted to fly in and be in attendance for this match. I think he knows where you're from and I think he knows where your heart is. You know, I, you're coming in from, Phoenix town area. And this is great. Thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. Yeah. So really, really good, great stuff there uh, before the game. All, all was, uh, was pretty good seeing that. So let's go ahead and get started with the first half, right. And, and how things went and um, just so everyone's uh, aware, everyone listening to, we're actually looking at some of the highlights as we actually talk about this. So we can actually dissect um, some of the highlights. And if you want to see them uh, yourself, you can just hop on YouTube and search for the game. It, uh, the USL Championship YouTube channel already has it up. So, And Luis will post the link to that uh, when he posts the podcast. When you see this podcast up, the link to the highlight reel will probably be in there too. Yeah. So uh, 
with the first play that we're looking at, it, it was one of the uh, first uh, dangerous plays, right, by uh, Phoenix that they had. Uh, Solomon Asante, which, by the way, also got to make the mention, right? Uh, we talked about how he would be received at the stadium, and we all <laughs> knew what was going to go on. But what did you guys think of just that, how the stadium sounded, right, when anytime he got the ball? Between the booze and the um, handball, the crowd yelling handball, handball, and booing. I mean, that was a perfect thing, but it worked almost in, even though he didn't have too many opportunities, I mean, granted an assist possibly, but um, the I think it actually played to his advantage. I think he almost relished being the villain. And darn it, you know, we were kind of hoping we'd get under his skin. We may have gotten under other people's skins, but um, I think it kind of worked opposite. But it is what it is. Love the fact that we we're all united in not liking the man. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I mean, it was great to see uh, the stadium all on the same united front. I mean, myself having been there for the match, I mean, that just put an additional fire for me to, to get my uh, voice in. Uh, granted, as uh, as with TBB, there were a lot of family-friendly uh, chants against Asante, and uh, uh, how can I put this way? Uh, less than family-friendly <laughs> chants against them. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw you, Jared. I know you You were uh, – it was so hard to sit down, right, throughout the game. You were just, like, standing, like, uh, you know, get, getting close to, like – <laughs> The little fence area there too, and and really living the game, and and I did see everyone else, right? I mean, everyone was not having it whenever he got it and and whatnot. But I am with Sharon on this one. It as much as we try to put pressure every time he got the ball, it, it seemed like you know he was like, you know what, I'm this is motivating me even more. So unfortunately, sometimes it works out that way, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's true. So if we take a look at what. I think for us was probably one of the most uh, important plays of the whole match. In fact, because I think this play, um, which happened uh, in the minute uh, 39, defined the whole game. If we would have scored in this perfect opportunity we had, the game could have been a lot different, right? Because it, it would have been a 1-0 up at halftime. Maybe you planned a, a game much different in the second half. And so maybe things are different, but at least you're up in the scoreline. And so let's go ahead and start dissecting that play. Uh, we, we got Shannon Gomez coming uh, from the sideline, gives a perfect pass to Belmar, right? Like, it, I don't even know how none of the Phoenix players actually were able to even get anywhere near the ball. So and Shannon saw the big hole. Shannon saw the big hole between the defenders, and he knows how to slice it right into the um, creases in the seams, and that was a nice little seam. And he found Carlton right there in the in that crease in the seam, and and that's that's what you're supposed to do. He saw the run that Carlton was making towards goal at the top of the box, and then by the time he got to about the 17, 16 yard line, Carlton takes this shot, and it deflects. Their defender uh, was in the perfect spot to deflect it. And I'm kind of bummed you know, that Carlton didn't just take one little step to the outside or to the inside just to kind of clear, give himself clearance, but okay. Keep going, Luis. And you know, as I look at the, the play too, I think one of the reasons why Carlton's shot maybe wasn't as great because, you know, he just takes it as he gets it. You guys notice the ball is actually bouncing. And when you got a ball bouncing in the area, I mean, it could be good or it could be a shot that wasn't as it was intended. And of course, when you have a shot there, he just took it as it was, you know, that you get the rebound there. And we were all hoping that Duke LaCroix would get it because it he had a clear shot at goal, I think. I think he could have scored it, but we all know what happened. And the ball ended up going to the BIP area. Yeah, he poofed <laughs> it. He kind of did a little rainbow over everything because he was leaning backwards um, when he took the shot. So he was a little bit off balance. If you look, he was kind of leaning backwards as opposed to being his weight over the ball. He was behind the ball, and that's going to be a, a heart. Maybe he was trying to lift it over the keeper, but it ended up just being way too high when, you know, he did this execution. He was off target. Yeah, exactly, Luis and Jared. This was that time. Yeah, this was the opportunity they had. And, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm almost thinking maybe he could have tried to just hit it you know, just as, as it came, do something similar, right? So uh, 
uh, Belmar had done. Maybe you do it. At, you know, I feel like you never know. But you know, he decided to do this, and he, also another thing he could have done too is that he could have just stopped the ball too, um, because if you guys notice, like the ball's bouncing when he uh, holds it right there. So as I said earlier, right when your ball's bouncing, you could either have a really good shot. Or as I see happen most of the time with uh, most plays, just in the just in general, watching games all over the world, it's just not a good ball because it's bouncing and you can't yeah. always so get it right. The other so. thing, the other thing that I saw in Jared, I don't know if you can see the video as it's feeding. The three defenders were closing him down, and there was a fourth coming in because the most dangerous player is the man with the ball, and that's mm. Duke at this point. And actually, Duke, if Luis, if he did bring it down, he he had a wide open Formella coming in to do the back post. You see Pete Pennon in, I think it's Pete, making your run to the front post. And then um, uh, Carlton's doing the right thing. He's going to be the trailing person if Duke, you know, was was perfect. But uh, Derek Formella was doing the right thing by headed to back post. So if there was an opportunity for him to stop the ball and play it through another crease or seam or up and over to Derek, we would have been, that would have been sitting pretty for all of us. So the framing of the goal by the players was working because you had Carlton trailing. That's what you're supposed to do. You had Pete headed to front post and you had Derek closing in on the back post. That's perfect tactics. That's perfect. Perfect. Um, But then Duke didn't, you know, he didn't see that he had three or four defenders looking at, you know, come closing him down. So yeah, he, he choked a little bit. Well, the thing, yeah, when it comes to situations like this, I mean, there's only so much you can see. I mean, not everyone has a 360 realm of uh, vision. And yeah, so he saw three, but sometimes you never see that fourth uh, defender coming through. And mm-hmm. that, that could end up being the uh, the big buzzkill. And of course, like you said, mentioned um, with the ball, you know, it's not. Uh, easy sometimes to kill that energy, that excess energy that a bouncing ball comes through. I mean, the most you can do is try to stop it as you can, yeah, mentally reset on what angle is going to be best, and then try to get the shot off. But unfortunately, this is not a video game. This doesn't have a, a power <laughs> slider that you can just land it on and get the perfect power. Level. I mean, you've got to either adjust the or... There's the meme right there. <laughs> yeah. That's the visual meme. Thank you, Jared. Uh, there, there we go. I mean, it's, you've got to land it to where it's powerful enough to get past the goaltender, but but just enough English on it to not uh, go into the VIP tent. So, unfortunately, <laughs> it, it's never it. It, it's never a perfect situation in, in these. But I mean, he did what he could with what he had and. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But he had other, yeah, he, yeah, we should go on to the next play. But, um, yeah, and, and I think Duke is good at sure, you know, uh, getting the last play out of his head and moving on to the next thing. I think he's pretty good at that. I know Shannon is really good at that. Um, and that's what you need out of the guys who are trying to set up some of the plays. They need to forget quickly, you know, just quickly forget what just happened and move on to the next. You're right. Yeah. And, and use it as a motivation too, right? Like if you, if you screw (laughs) up, it's like, Hey, just you better keep going, right? Because you yeah. want to, you want to just, you're putting yep. that in the past, but hey, if you yeah, do yeah. something good, no one's going to remember what you did before, right? You, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's, the goal. Yeah. what's the next, what's the next play up that we're going to look at? All right. So the next play is uh, we're going to look at an opportunity actually that Phoenix had towards the end of uh, the first half. Um, thankfully for us, right. They didn't actually score in this opportunity, but uh we can actually take a look at this opportunity they had a uh, minute 44 uh, close to the 45th uh, minute and just to give a quick little analysis right on the defense and it was a constant right throughout the game that we saw i don't know if you guys noticed right like they weren't playing too close to the players right they're giving them a lot of spaces a lot of opportunities um granted we saw this opportunity they they ended up even having a shot i mean count all the white players that we have there right we have seven players right there the guy still gets a clear shot at goal right you have so many bodies there you, you gotta keep you gotta be close to the striker right because you gave him a good chance at goal there uh the goalkeeper's blocked by having so many players in the area and you don't know what can happen right there could be a rebound 
uh, uh, one of your players could score an own goal, right? If they're trying to block it and, and ends up uh, going uh, the wrong so way. So what happened, what, what, what really happened well for Phoenix there, they followed the shot. The seven took a shot. We don't do that as often as we need to, but they did. Their, their seven took a shot and the rest of the team, when he, when he got clear and he made the shot, look at how many of them turned and followed the shot. They started making their move right to the goal. And, you know, I, I got to hand it to Phoenix for having that mental awareness. That was very good. And they kind of caught us a little bit on our heels, you know, the transition, um, you know, we were getting back. There were a couple of plays in the future. I think we may be able to look at where our transition didn't go as well. And our swivel head, um, if you look at Fatai, he didn't even turn around to see that the seven was going to be collecting the ball. Um, you know, it's it, we had some odd defensive coverage in that play. It's just that I, that's one of the things that I've noticed about our team. We're, we kind of forget some of our priorities. And that was one of the things that was on on the list that I had sent you, Luis, to that we should be looking at or looking at the defensive awareness, mm-hmm. you know, having the swivel head, all that other stuff. So, um, yep, that's when that's when you miss Matt Mahoney because he was really good at swivel head. Yeah, yeah, totally oh, yeah. agree. Yeah, you need something like that. And, and, and as we look at this other play here, uh, minute 46, uh, Solomon, I think, had I had, had, had a blast, you know, against our, our Mitch Tainer. I think he had a hard time, uh, you know, controlling him. I know I was in the corner section there, section 111. And there was one opportunity at like at the beginning of the first half that I, I think, you know, Mitch could have just, uh, you know, just hit it off Solomon, right? Let's get a, a goal kick. But instead, he actually hit it towards our section, pretty close to where I was sitting. At. <laughs> and, and so, you know, there were just countless opportunities where I just saw Solomon come by, you know, like get past him. And so, yeah, I, I think he, he struggled a bit there with, uh, with getting near him. And here we could see in this play too, right? Like he, he does his little turnaround and he does a good pass. Right. And, and, you know, you don't want to put Phoenix in that situation where they have a man open, he gets the ball, he does a perfect cross. They're, Ford could have scored. That could have been one of them right at the halftime point. Um, they miss it there. So we got lucky in that opportunity. And and I know coach is probably going to be looking at these little things, right? Because you don't want to go down a halftime. And then second half is going to be a completely different ball game uh, with that in mind. So little, little details there that, that they have. Yep. 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 So now you've moved us into second half. And once again, Phoenix has the ball. And once again, we're tracking back mm-hmm. as fast as we possibly can, you know, to, to work into recovery mode and how these transitions and these turnovers happen where they have numbers up. It's that's the, that's the thing that gets a fan anxious is when we see them having a 4v2, a 3, 3v1, a you know, 4v3 situation. And Jared, I don't know if you could see that from where you were sitting, where we they had numbers up in a few situations. Like, how's that happening? You know, how's that happening kind of frequently? And, and unmarked players. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from my vantage point, uh, not the greatest being that far back on the opposite side of the field, but uh, – yeah, I did see that Phoenix uh, did bring in numbers uh, occasionally uh, on the second half, and especially when it uh, mattered, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it's, we just have to keep up. I mean, we we try to create opportunities uh, on both sides, but uh, something was lacking in, in the second half. And as we look at this play, right, minute 61, uh, uh, like you said, they're marking really far away, right? You let them kind of decide what they want to do. Uh, in this particular play, I mean, Solomon was really open. I think he could have done a ball right there. You could have crossed the ball to him and it wouldn't have been outside. And then Solomon gets it right. One-on-one Solomon is not going to miss it. And so it's those little things, right? Like, if we're, I mean, lucky for us, he didn't actually pass it there. But then after he uh, does the shot, Tomas Gomez actually leaves it right there. See, And so Solomon now has that opportunity there because, you know, you kind of, made it lead to that right they did the shot whether it goes in or not the goalkeeper is probably not going to just hold on to it and then you're going to have that circumstance where 
you've got an unmarked man who has a good play. And this play actually is what ultimately leads to their goal, right? Uh, we see again Duke LaCroix uh, not being able to uh, stop Solomon there. He ends up actually uh, slipping a little bit there. And now you got a free cross there. And as you guys could see there on the screen, and if you guys go look at the video, minute 61, the ball was going to reach one of two Phoenix players that were right in the area, which is right, in fact, what happened. And then you got the goal there. Yeah. And again, we saw how the play led to it. There's a lot of spaces given. And so it's these little things, right? And if you don't fix them early on, they ultimately can lead to a goal. Even if the first opportunity didn't lead to it, the more they have a chance, the more they're going to probably score on you. And and uh, you can't always depend on, on the missing, right? So... So Quinn had a supporter section, just, just so we're clear, you know, this play that you're, we're reviewing right now where Quinn takes a shot, of, deflects off of Tomas uh, Gomez, and then um, Asante Solomon is basically unmarked, and then um, Moore ends up coming in and cleaning up the mess, and he was able, he was kind of walked right through our defense because he wasn't picked up. Um, Quinn had... He had two guys sitting like right in front of the section that I was sitting in. He had two players, both with uh, Phoenix jerseys on with Quinn on the back of it. It was like, okay, how did those guys get tickets? But I guess, you know, there are some tickets available for the visitors. But um, yeah, he uh, he kind of helped set this whole thing up that um, the player named Quinn. I'm wondering if they might have known uh, someone at the uh, farmer's market yesterday uh, beforehand because <laughs> I was walking through downtown and I had actually seen someone with the Suns jersey. I mean, of, of all places, why a Suns jersey in Sacramento? Oh, wait a second, because their soccer team is playing against ours later that night. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the thought plickens. Yeah, okay. Interesting stuff. So, so that goal, I mean, we talked about it before we got on the podcast. We talked a little bit about uh, Dan Casey standing in front of his own keeper as opposed to um, finding his uh, an assignment possibly. And I know that that happens. But if you look at the whole setup, when Solomon, yep, there's there's Dan. He's kind of in a protected mode. Okay, so sometimes you need a not second goalkeeper, but somebody to kind of make sure that if the goalkeeper flubs a shot, that somebody else is there marking the uh, the back of the net or the the corner. But in this case, it didn't work to our advantage because there were not not enough defenders in the box when we mm -hmm. they had like a four v kind of four v one situation at one point in time with their attack. It was it was kind of unusual that we didn't have the coverage that we needed in the box in time, you know. So that that again is disheartening, and it's got to be disheartening for the players to rewatch this particular buildup. Yeah, and as we we look at the play here, when we have it paused, uh, you actually have five players right against the essentially three, right? Because at this point, Duke is already he's not going to be able to stop. Solomon, right? Right. Like, and so you have like you have Fatai and you have Andrew and you have Dan standing in the box, but they have one, two, three, four, five, almost six um guys on the attack, you mm. know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and then I think it I see Pete Pennanen, you know, coming in at the last minute trying to drop in <laughs> um, you know, to cover the cover the gaps. But that's a crazy overload, Phoenix against Sacramento. Yeah. And and again, it goes back to one of those things, right? We knew this, right? It was this doesn't come as a surprise. We knew that they this is the way they play, and you have to make sure you're hundred percent, right? Like you got to make sure you don't miss your mark. That you know you constantly are are putting pressure up front and always making sure that you are marking them closely because otherwise these things happen. And it could have been more than one nil last night, right? I mean, they they had more opportunities and more chances they could have converted. And so, yeah, this could have been 4-1, 3-1, and, and I wouldn't have been surprised at all. So if anything, yeah. I think the 1-0 uh, result is actually pretty good for us because this could have been a whole another story. If not, we could go and look at Oakland against Phoenix and, and how they fared in that game. So Right. 
You're right. And so our yardstick, and I know we'll talk about it here in a little bit, our yardstick is going to be um, on Wednesday when we play Oakland, you know, we'll be able to see how we stack up, um, you know, because when Oakland played Phoenix, we know how that game stacked up. And so we'll, we'll see the other thing. Um, I don't know when we're going to talk about the man of the match, but you know, in some of our subs, I thought Tucker bone, I, I am liking Tucker bone. I like his energy. Um, he's not going to be my man of the match this time. I I've got somebody <laughs> in mind. Um, and I love Kamawasa coming on as a sub mm-hmm. last night. I thought his work rate was really good. I, you know, it's like you, the appreciation of, of work rates of the subs that did come on, I mean, that was what we needed, you know, granted it interrupted the game and, you know, what the current, you know, the existing players were trying to set up, but I don't understand the the quick fatigue. It was a perfect soccer night. It was a beautiful weather. It wasn't mm-hmm. hot. It wasn't cold. It was perfect. And mm-hmm. I'm not understanding early fatigue at this point. Now. What's going on with that? Yeah, it, it I, I don't, I don't really know what what to say about that too but i I am with you on cameron like he came in and and he knew what he had to do right you gotta go in you gotta give it your all you're you're being subbed in right so i think as a player whenever you are in that circumstance you know that you have to like just go a hundred go uh if you have to go 100 miles per hour running then you gotta do it because you you're not playing the full game you're just coming in 20 minutes maybe yeah Uh, give it all leave it all out there balls the wall yeah. Also, Jordan McCrary, though, got to also give him a shout out. And, and now we say he's a perfect replacement for Shannon Gomez because both of them are uh, pretty similar. But seeing him go up front, you know, do those crosses and, and whatnot was was really good. And, and just seeing him back on the pitch, I think, was amazing. Right. I mean, <laughs> we know we saw Jordan more last season and now with more players in these roles and Shannon coming back. I mean, he's had to undertake a, a sub role but really great to know that we have a uh, player that we can trust there in the bench uh, in Jordan that that can fill those shoes because it's always hard shoes to fill right whenever you're dealing with your wingers because you don't always find <laughs> players that are willing to give that much sacrifice in the roles and and I'm glad that he is uh, similar there um, but also same goes for Tucker Bone right I mean you're replacing uh, uh, Formella who we know is, is, you know, really talented player and uh, Tucker, I think has taken that substitution role pretty good. And we've seen it right in, in past games as well. So glad, glad that we have that um, role there for him. Uh, the one sub I had to say though, that, you know, I was like, this could have come earlier is uh, Juju coming in for Carlton Belmar. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, you're losing a game. I, I I just, I don't understand sometimes why, you know, not just yesterday, right. But just in general, when I watch games and, and, uh, you know, a team might be down and, and a coach decides to do a sub like the last three, four minutes where they could have done it 10, 15 minutes before it's like, come on, g- give that player more minutes to maybe show us what, what they could do. Right. And, and, and not just that, but give the player that's getting subbed out, more you know time to rest right like get these fresh legs in let them you know uh, give it their all and and let's see if we get a different game and so I was a little bit disappointed at, at seeing Juju come in uh, late on that same note I have to say that I'm not sure if Juju is uh, one of our uh, corner kick takers or yesterday due to a circumstance they're like hey and you go do the corner kicks for us because, you know, we just we don't want to take away someone who might have a good shot at goal to uh, go do that. But I don't know if you guys remember, but he had two corner kicks. They were not good at all. Oh, unfortunately my gosh. for him. I was oh pretty gosh. sad. I was like, yeah. oh, no, Juju. Oh, no. And, and I could tell I was sitting in that corner side. Right. So I could see it in his face. He was like, oh, man, like both of the times. Right. And especially it's the almost like time. he clumped it. You know, I was like, what did you do? Kick the ground before you kicked the ball? <laughs> yeah. So oh. I, I don't know. It, it could have been the pressure. Right. I mean, I mean, you're you're a player who's barely in their second season. He hasn't had too many games uh, uh, to, to count for. And and you put him in, you know, under these circumstances, I feel like just, you know, don't have him take the corner kick, like have someone else take the corner kick because he, you can't give him that pressure of like, Hey, being the guy who has to take <laughs> the corner kick and, and put it right where, you know, we can get that 
tying uh, score on score line. So I, and I, I felt bad for him to have to go through that pressure. So yeah, you know, I, th- that would be my only caveat with that. And and again, unfortunately, we couldn't see him all that much in in the field uh, because we, we know he is a talented player and and he could have delivered a lot. And so really disappointing to not see him there earlier. And, uh, you know, I don't know why Mario Pinagos couldn't be in this match too, but had he been this match, I think it would have been great to see him as well. Um, but he wasn't uh, as, as an available substitute. So again, not quite sure. May, may have just been a uh, decision by the coach, but we did see Nobby in the bench, which, I thought was really great because as we all know, he actually just came by uh, I think Wednesday, Thursday, right. That we heard the announcement mm-hmm. that he'd be loaned out to us. And, uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing uh, Nabi give more uh, starting roles this season and, and see what he does. Right. I mean, oh. he's going to be full of energy trying to get as much playing time as possible to go back to Minnesota and, and be a starter. So, so, it's going to be fun having uh, Fatai and Nabi on. I'm unless they have like distinct numbers, their body types and their builds and their running style is very similar. So that's going to be um, for me an interesting interesting matches to watch. They, you know, just because of their running style and their and all that other stuff. So um, are we almost ready for man of the match? Uh, one more thing, I have a, I have a question <laughs> for you guys. As I look at the uh, substitution list, Rafa Diaz on the bench. We've lost two games already. Uh, I know Tomas has had a great performance, even though we've lost. At what point would you guys bring back Rafa? Uh, I mean, as as much as he's carried the team last year, I mean, this is still a good a good time for uh, Tomas. I mean, he's definitely came out uh, in the clutch when needed. But I don't know the last couple of matches. I know it's only two games, still early in the season. But I wouldn't mind bringing back Rafa. Rafa on, on the other uh, line. I mean, definitely get some of that magic uh, back again that we need. So I like, thanks. Thanks for that, Jared. I kind of like creating a little bit of competition for the keepers. So here's the thing the, and this has happened with almost, except for last season, almost every coach every year ha- kind of does something. Do you remember when uh, Dom was being pitted against um, who was it? Evan or was it Patrick to make Patrick hungrier Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it was, and Dom rightly, you know, did a great job <laughs> until he didn't. And so there was, you know, the substitutions occurred and then finally we started seeing either Patrick or Evan, but, um, you know, it was, it was interesting watching how coaches will do that to kind of get the other keeper juiced back up. And I don't know, we don't see training. Um, I and mean, we see little snippets of the, you know, training videos, but we really don't see what's going on in training. We really don't know what the coach sees and what the coach knows about each one of the keepers and their technical ability and their um, hand-eye coordination, you know, how the fast, the quick, the quick reflexes and the ability athletically to pop up, pop down and all that other. So uh, we don't know what that's, what that is. I mean, I would love to know more from the coach about what he's what the thoughts are between the two keepers and hopefully maybe at some point in time, one of um, the interviewers, Connor can do it on a, on one of his Tuesday podcasts can ask the coach, you know, what is going on with the, the, you know, it's a rivalry essentially for each keeper. Um, I'd like to know that before I answer the question. I, I do love what Rafa brought to us all last season. And I love what he did for, you know, the country that he plays for nationally. However, you know, uh, there are two different styles. Tomas and Rafa are incredibly two different goalkeepers. Um, Tomas is incredibly verbal. You can hear him. You, you know, he's barking out orders. <laughs> I don't hear that as much from Rafa. He is that way, but it's not as it's not as uh, demanding and commanding. But he is that way, but just not as he's just not as in your face as Tomas is. So maybe that's the difference that we're seeing. We'll see. We shall see. Can we get to the man of the match yet? Yeah, let's go ahead and go to the man of the match. And it's actually probably good because my, my man of the match, we actually just mentioned him, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue to that. Um, let's go first then with you, Sharon. What, what is your man of the match? So honestly, this is going to sound really strange, but I like Pete. Pete 
was my man of the match because he was being allowed to do a little bit more in this game in the attacking third. I saw him creating um, more opportunities and linking up and having better passing sequences um, and, and which allowed Fatai and others and Luis to do more things defensively. But I saw Pete everywhere and I liked watching Pete. I I really I enjoyed watching this game and watching Pete play. So, for some ungodly reason today, he's my man of the match. <laughs> yeah, he is also our captain, right? So it's like, a, oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, he he needs to he, he needs to live up to that role, right? I mean, new player <laughs> with when you get the captain armband as a new player, it's I think there there's some pressure that goes with that, you know, more than you know just being a regular player, like you. You're getting to be team captain for a season. Yeah. And so Jared, who's your man of the match? Well, I would say it would have to be a bit of a tie. Uh, the the officials, uh, they they allowed so much diving. I don't know if I was watching a soccer match or if I was watching the uh Tokyo qualifiers for Olympic diving. <laughs> I mean I mean, Phoenix for for a desert uh, city. I mean, they, they just excelled on diving on the green. I mean, they're just getting all sorts of calls going in their favor. I mean, if it was any other team, they would have at least thrown a couple of yellows for, for acting, but mm. not the case here. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. If you were to pick a player from Sac Republic besides <laughs> the officials, <laughs> who is your man of the match? As- as far as on side uh, on our side, it's uh, it's it's a little difficult to to name just one. I mean, there was definitely a solid effort uh, on our guys, but uh, yeah, I really can't think of just one person on there. Pete was definitely great. I mean, he had the, the uh, excellent energy uh, throughout most of the game. Uh, I will say, is later towards the match, uh, you know, Tyler Bone. I mean, anytime he gets subbed in, I mean, he is a spark plug. I mean, he just brings up more energy to help out late in the match. Uh, previous matches, that's led to goals. It didn't do, it happen this time around, but he at least it got the energy level back up again for Republic FC the, the last uh, several minutes of the match. I see what you see with Tucker Bone. I see what you see with that man. You know, I was really excited to at least see him on the bench, you know, even though he wasn't in the starting 11. So, yeah, good, good, good choice. Good choice. Luis, who was your man of the match? Yeah, so yeah, we definitely, you know, go, going with the back to what Jared was saying there too with Tucker Bone. It's been amazing, right? He used to be a Reno player and, and he's, it seems like <laughs> he's always been with Sacramento. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> but he, he plays as if he's been with us for more than the time he's been with us. So great when, when you, when you see that. And, and, you know, of course, we're supporting him now, maybe not last year, but hey, this year it's, it's all about Tucker <laughs> coming off from the bench. Uh, so my man of the match would have to be Tomas Gomez, um, our, our very own goalkeeper that we just uh, discussed about earlier. Because as I said earlier, I think this game could have been 3-1, 4-1, if the opportunities would have been actually mm-hmm. uh, finished. And so thanks to Tomas, you know, he saves us from a lot of opportunities and always on point. The goal... Could he have done more? Not so much. I mean, he he did what he could, but it was also on the defenders. It's not always the goalkeeper. It's not always his fault. And and you know in that circumstance, even though it led to the goal, he did his job. And you know, I, I really liked seeing that from him. And of course, like yeah. you say, Sharon, just the leadership he brings to the table as, as a new player to the team. Like he, <laughs> that's just how he is as a person. And you always gotta admire when you have a goalkeeper that is like that, because you kind of have to be like that, right? I mean, you're the one getting shot at, like you have to <laughs> make sure the team's ordered and they understand, right? It's like, Hey, you guys might not be the ones that get looked at. Sometimes it's the goalkeeper that gets looked at unfairly at times, because again, it's not always the goalkeeper's fault, but if you get scored on, it goes on the goalkeeper, right? If you get a clean sheet, <laughs> the goalkeeper gets celebrated. So, you know, the, there, there's that thing that goes on with the, goalkeepers that is uh quite unfortunate because they they deal with all those things but yeah so that, that would be my my oh, match that's great what a yeah that's a that's a great explanation so Luis 
I did not read an injury report. Jaime Villarreal, what's going on? Uh, I haven't heard anything. Okay. But I am assuming that the, there is probably something going on. He, I don't think I saw him in the injury report last I checked. Um, but it could be one of those situations where, if you recall, right, a couple of weeks back where uh, Cameron wasn't playing, we ended up right. finding out he got injured uh, in training, but he wasn't in the injury report. So right. it might just be something that's not too complicated, hopefully, right? Maybe because Right. Hopefully they're just resting him. Because actually, I missed uh, what Jaime brings when he comes in, you know, because he's been coming mm-hmm. in more as a sub. And I was when I looked at the bench and I saw him not on the bench, I kind of got a little nervous because I think he would have he would have been an also a very good sub if we needed to bring on, you know, somebody to replace, I don't know, either Luis or, you know, one of those guys, he, Jaime does a good job that way. Yeah. That is one thing I've been noticing league wide uh, lately, because remember when uh, Kamuasa got hurt, uh, which what we thought was a hamstring, never really heard much after that. Uh, A couple weeks ago when I was in Oklahoma city, uh, former Republic FC uh, player, uh, Villian Bijev, that's mm. still a little hard to wrap my head around. He actually got hurt, and when, I could not find a lick of information on numerous Oklahoma City uh, TV stations about what the injury was. They sure showed highlights of the match, but never really gave any detail. I had to learn it through asking uh, Oklahoma City's uh, social media a few days later. And then, of course, uh, Jaime Villarreal, we're not getting a lot of inter- injury information about that as well. So, I don't know if it's either because of COVID that they're tuning down the injury information. Mm. I don't know. I don't like it. I mean, we would like to find out, you know, what could be happening to, to our players. You know, is is it serious or is it just a a, a quick, uh, oh, I got something sore or anything like that. It's This is definitely concerning with the, uh, the lack of uh, information we're getting about our injured players. That's a good point. Yeah. No, that 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 is that is true. The, they definitely need to uh, mention more of that too, because we're here looking at the game and and hoping that you know he gets to play in the game. And and I'm with you, Sharon. I was on the lookout for Jaime as the game went on. I was like, we we need some more stability in the midfield. And and we know, like you mentioned, how great of a player he is, and he's done pretty good this year coming in as a sub. So, yeah, he, here's here's hoping that he comes back. Pretty soon, because as you all know, we got two games uh, in just a matter of days. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need him. Um, and then I think one other player uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention uh, in in the uh, substitution list that uh, I'd like to see this season is Hidden Sarges. Oh my gosh! Right? Exactly, like- exactly. I mean, mm. after last season, how much he played, and then it's like cricket this season so it's like all right coach tell us what's going on what are you seeing or not seeing with Hayden Sargis or what are you seeing with your current defensive strategy and then you bring in yet another defender with Nabi and it's like okay so what's going on what's going on with Hayden tell us yeah I would love to hear him I would love to get into his head and <laughs> you know and just know what he knows and see the, yeah. the world through his through our coach's eyes you know maybe someday they'll let us interview. <laughs> oh, yeah, and no, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best uh, sometime this season, right? Just time on and ask uh, some questions because uh, we've talked to him before, right? In the previous podcast, we had an interview with him and really nice guy and, and really loves to talk. I mean, he could probably talk uh, for a long time. <laughs> we wouldn't just talk soccer all day. Um, but yeah, that would be really interesting to to know what, what's going on there. And, you know, after just overall, just seeing the things that happened this game, I think a lot of players... Uh, in the bench need to be giving a starting uh, role for the next match. Uh, you know, let's, let's change it up, right? Let's get a new lineup with other players who haven't seen that much minutes. And, so and see wait a minute. are you saying that playing the Oaken roots is going to be like playing the first level of the U S <laughs> open cup? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Please, well, you can't be saying it like that. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a Wednesday game. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking open cup Wednesday, <laughs> Let's go. Come on. You're let's, funny. Let's get in yeah. here. I think Luis just officially dissed the Oakland Roots <laughs> by saying start the non-starters. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I do have to say in, in, in defense to, to the Oakland Roots, I mean, what when I mentioned that, it's mainly because, you know, we got another game on Saturday against Orange County. 
they beat us 1-0 right last game uh, and mm-hmm. so you want to give some of our, our regular starting players a little break this game was really demanding as we saw right and and everything leading up to it and so in this midweek game give those players a chance we know orange county is a much stronger rival than oakland roots not that the oh, roots yeah. aren't going to be strong i actually really hope that the roots are really strong because that means we're gonna have some interesting matches and potentially see them in the playoffs which i would really like so makes it more convenient for me to travel to an away game <laughs> so you know that that's that's where i'm uh coming from uh with that so we'll we'll see but speaking of that you. honestly Luis, i'm teasing you but i i have to agree that you know if we could give some other players a an opportunity to play i mean i i think we still start with a good core you know somebody that you know we might even see rafa on wednesday mm-hmm. which would be a real sweet thing and uh, jared will probably go crazy if we see rafa in there but you know it's <laughs> it's um and you can go crazy. It's okay. Or are you crazy? <laughs> Anyhow. Um, <laughs> I think last night you were crazy and you were crazy, not angry, but frustrated that your hard hat strap broke. <laughs> it, it, it was a sign of how the match was going through. I mean, that, that finally gave, gave uh, way because I think I've had that since at least uh, 2017 or 2018. And, and for that strap to finally go through, because it's gone on numerous trips. I mean, to here in Sacramento, to Las Vegas, Oklahoma City, uh, Irvine, I believe, as well. But, I think uh, that hard hat is also um, like a, a, a mascot, the team mascot, you know, that hard oh. hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jared with the hard hat should be. I mean, I'm just saying, let's nominate Jared with the hard hat as a, yeah. another mascot. Yeah. Another mascot. Yeah. So cool. So we've got Wednesday, we've got Oakland roots. um, And then we've got orange County on Saturday, as Luis was saying, you know, it's good to kind of give the start, some of our starters, not all of them, a little bit of a breather and then tinker with things and then come out hard, you know, come out hard against Oakland, come out harder against uh, orange County. I mean, we've got to defend our, our home turf more than anything. And we cannot let, um, uh, Thomas dictate the play when we play Orange County. Okay. So are we going to be, uh, are we going to be seeing a uh, post game on Wednesday? Do we need to let the audience know that after Wednesday's game, we'll be doing another podcast, Luis? Uh, yes. After Wednesday's game, we're going to try and do another podcast. We'll try and schedule it for uh, Thursday, right? For us to record and I'll get it posted that same night because we do have another game on Saturday. Uh, to talk about because it is the first time we're officially playing in league against the roots so we got we gotta uh, talk about that because it is going to be a story game right i mean it could be again the birth of a new rivalry uh, and and hopefully it is I, I really hope it is and dude you just put it down i mean that we need to play our non-starters <laughs> you literally well, just laid it down there louise so <laughs> well uh, it just I happens to be that they play against the roots yeah uh, sorry roots if, if there would have been tacoma defiance lights uh, uh <laughs> orange county any other team midweek i would have said the same thing just because uh-huh. midweek game uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey they could prove me wrong too though if you guys want Good. prove me wrong and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be there too but no it's going to be interesting uh we are going to be Hopefully, seeing the, the return of uh, Tyler Blackwood. Oh, hopefully, that would he's be so in the fun to watch starting him. lineup. Uh, hopefully, not trying to be too aggressive against. Right. <laughs> Let's go to go against us because that would be uh, that'd be sad. Uh, I don't even know how TVB would react to that if uh, we see Tyler score goal. I mean, the, there is that rule that they say you can't boo a former player, right? Right. And, and Jared probably knows more of that, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, definitely going to be interesting how the uh, book sales go for, for his uh, book if if we end up losing to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Local book sales plummet for, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stopped selling the book. They're like, yeah, no, this you cannot sell. But to his advantage, he'll sell them in the Bay Area. So he, he'll have a market over there now. <laughs> so I, I guess not all will be lost for him. <laughs> he'll still be able to, to sell them. Yeah. Um, but looking at like their past games, I mean, they, they do have about, what is it, a week and a half about that they haven't played a game. Last game they played it was uh, May 23rd, last Sunday against Los Dos, actually beating them at home 3-2, which 
got to hand it to them. It's not easy beating those dolls, as we know, especially in their home turf. Um, and then before that, of course, they lost against Phoenix 3-0. Uh, and that's that's all they have really to uh, account for, I believe, or I might be mistaken. I think they might have one more game somewhere. Yep, uh, yep. those uh, matches have- from... Those previous matches, uh, once you go past San Diego or San Jose, excuse me, two games, or with the NISA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just two games is all all they have. Uh, again, I mentioned it already in a previous podcast. I I, I don't understand <laughs> why the USL does this to some teams where they only have two games versus Los Dos already has seven games played. I don't know. It's it mind boggling. I, I don't know what happened there. And again, hopefully. We'll be able to find out one day what what went into creating these schedules and having so much uh, disparity between some teams versus other teams like them. Because, again, we don't even really have much to analyze with the roots because we've only seen them play twice. (laughs) So that's what that's what they got. But again, it should be an interesting matchup this Wednesday uh, at our good old Heart Health Park. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Well, uh, before we close it out, uh, if you guys aren't giving us a follow on social media, then please uh, follow us on there. Find us at State Republic 12 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, look us up on YouTube, State of the Republic podcast, where you can find uh, some of the past interviews we've done, but of course, in video format. So if you want to go watch some of those, we have some really good ones out there. And as the season progresses, we are going to be having more interviews. So we're going to be still mixing in those interviews. We know a lot of people love to see, you know, the interviews on YouTube or, you know, to listen to them on our podcast. So don't worry. We're going to be having those as the season progresses as well. And maybe some with uh, some current players as well. So we're we're working things out uh, with that too. So again, follow us there. And also we are working... (laughs) Uh, towards uh, having Republic Jeopardy number three. So we still have that. <laughs> we know a lot of people like to see that. So don't worry. We're working on that. Not just because the season started, we've forgotten about it. But yeah, it's still going to go on. Uh, I know we are all progressing to normal times, especially when uh, June 15 hits, full state is going to go back to normal. But we are still going to be doing our Republic Jeopardies. And hopefully one day they could be all in the same place maybe we'll see that'd be really amazing you know we'll, we'll work it out um but for now we are still going to be doing them uh on our uh, good old stream yard that we use for uh, live streaming so be on the lookout for that we're going to have a date here uh, shortly we promise we won't do it uh on a day when we have a game of course <laughs> so we can all be able to enjoy a republic game there as well Cool. Well, uh, any uh, final words, uh, Sharon, Jared, before we close it out? I'll leave the floor to Jared. Final words. Uh, they have to be clean, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, um, this this is a perfect time to learn from what didn't work the, these past couple matches against Phoenix and OC, and then hopefully strengthen that to basically put the foot on the pedal uh, against uh, Oakland, try to rebound and get over on OC who are always strong against us, which for some reason, other teams seem to think that uh, they're pushovers, which they're not, but uh, let's get this uh, midweek win against uh, Oakland. I agree with Jared, get the midweek against Oakland, build our strength and confidence and move on. Cool. Well, thank you, Jared, for taking time out of your, mini vacation there in your hotel for <laughs> spending time with us. And, and, you know, we were really also excited to see you yesterday and, and thank you for being on our pregame yesterday as well. Uh, th- thank you guys for having me. It was great seeing uh, seeing you too at the match yesterday. And, and I will say the first uh, Republic Jeopardy is still being talked about. So looking forward <laughs> to the next uh, Republic Jeopardy here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. We love it. And if Jane is listening, she has personally told me that she is starting to really study up on Republic history. And so, you know, knowing that, man, it's going to make it harder to develop some questions that, you know, not everybody knows or that are obscure. Well, I mean, it's not that we're purposely doing that, but okay. Sounds good. Cool. Again, thank you, Sharon, for being on as as usual. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening to us and for following us on our social media. We really appreciate it. Have a great day. 
And uh, we will see you later this week with our Oakland Roots review. See you, everyone.